Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Tuesday Special Podcast. Uh, joining me today is the one and only Zach Cooper, who is an amazing independent professional wrestler. But before you check that out, I encourage everyone to go check out the new TuesdaySpecial.com. The new website is badass. Uh, it's got videos. It's got all of our old podcast episodes. It's got a bunch of stuff that we're doing. Also, make sure that you check out May 2nd, the debut of the Wrestling Open Forum show and highspotswrestlingnetwork.com. It's only $9.99, and you get a ton of professional wrestling content. Uh, ours is just the icing on the cake. So Wrestling Open Forum show, May 2nd, debut episode. Me and Dutch are going to show out, talk about, I guess, WrestleMania, since we haven't done a show yet. Might talk about how crazy WrestleMania was. But we'll talk about everything professional wrestling, and hopefully the world will be back in order by then. If not, I don't know. We'll just continue to create content for you. But yeah, so check that out. But for now, stop what you're doing. Keep those earbuds in because I have an awesome interview with the one and only, the one and only, and he is one and only, Zach Cooper. Hope you enjoy. Everything you said, we already knew, more or less. Well, here's something that you didn't know. Two of those special atomic bombs haven't gone off. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tuesday Special Podcast. I'm here with special guest, and as you can see, this is quarantine still edition, where, where he's in Florida and I'm in North Carolina, but we're enjoying each other's fellowship and company. The one and only Zach Cooper. How you doing, Zach? I'm good, man. It's it's good to talk to you. I, I miss I miss being up in North Carolina almost every other week of my life. So, Yeah, yeah me and you have gotten to know, know each other a lot closer the last probably what six eight months yeah the six to eight months of me blowing up your your facebook yeah. constantly asking questions and yeah yeah the how do we how do we get in touch with each other it was through I, someone it was through the group that is no longer a group uh that is how we were able to get in touch with each other uh, i came up one time with uh it was myself, Blanco Loco, his partner that we don't, that's yeah. not his partner anymore. And uh, I came up to a show one time where it, I think the main event might've been, it was Strickland and Cade, I think was one of the matches. Okay. And it was at the, yeah. And uh, after that, I kind of just messaged and messaged and long story short, you had me up for pure against Logan Creed. Mm -hmm. And then and after that, it was history. Yeah. Was impressed and brought you back and you've done so good with pure and some PWX stuff. Uh, I guess we'll jump right into it. How'd you get into professional wrestling? I know you're, uh, well, you're still a young chap, right? I'm 22. Yeah, I've I, I've always I got into wrestling really as a kid. My father blames my mother. My mother blames my father, and yeah. uh, you know for getting me into it. And I always loved it when I was a little kid because I it was something that I had this like giant stuffed animal, and I used to watch Rob Van Dam DVDs and all these DVDs and recreate uh -huh. matches with this stuffed animal. You know, and I just loved it. I love jumping off my bed onto the floor and I love doing flips off my, my desk onto the floor through pillow tables. And, you know, that's, that's really how I got into it was just basically beating, beating myself up as a kid. Now was in my generation, which I'm in my mid mid thirties, my generation, we had backyard wrestling. Was that something that you guys came up with? 
Oh well. man, I love oh. yeah, I love look and people people get on me, but that's fine. I love backyard wrestling. I miss backyard wrestling because you know I was I was a kid at I was 13 at the time, and of course mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. I set up three mattresses with three friends in my backyard, and we were having ladder matches for a medal that I hung from my dad's rain gutters, and then it turned into a whole backyard fed with a ring yep. and all this other stuff and guys that, you know, were a part of this thing are guys like Tony Deppin and Alex Zane and Daniel Maccabe a while back. Like it's insane. The fact that I got to wrestle in the same little backyard click that they were all in. It was, it was a lot of fun, man. And Alex, I wrestled in Alex yeah. Zane. Is this the Alex Zane that is in Kentucky now? Yeah. Alex Zane. Alex Zane is a dude, man. I I never got to meet him through the yard. I finally got to meet him at the scenic city invitational, but he's, he deserves to be everywhere. Like he is right now. We worked with him uh, at the new Japan shows. Yeah. He's, he's, he has, yeah, he has every right to be there and and he'll, he'll be signed within the next few months. Definitely. So back you, how'd you make your ring in the backyard? Like what was it? What is it? Trampoline? No, no. Uh, the place that I found, it was a buddy of mine that I met. I was working as a commentator and this is of course now everyone's going to go, Oh my God, you were pro wrestling and backyard wrestling at the same time. Yes. Uh, I was, I was a pro wrestling commentator for a company in Florida called American combat wrestling back when I was 15. Uh And, uh, basically I met a buddy of mine in the crowd who was like, Hey, I have a backyard wrestling fed. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I have a backyard wrestling fed come over to my house. And I did, and he had a full 18 by 18 and it was a legit ring metal frame. Wow. Two by eight, but yeah, it was insane. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I was like, oh my God. And yeah, I was having matches with, you know, really cool dudes. And we had, we ran it like a legit thing and it was, it was really cool. That's wild. Uh, all story is I met, there's, there was a guy in North Carolina. You probably have no idea who he is. Uh, his name was Zach Salvation. And he, he got out probably a few years before you probably got in. But when I first met him, I mean, I've talked about him a few times on this podcast. When I first met him, him and a guy named Rowdy James were backyard wrestlers. But Zach is one of the most talented wrestlers I've ever seen. Uh, how he didn't get some kind of job in a major company, I'll never know. If you want to know how good he is, look up him versus Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson from the NWA Legends Fan Fest. And I know it's on YouTube somewhere. Um but he was a backyard wrestler and he would do some of the craziest shit. And I said, I remember him telling me a story one time about he, uh, him and his friends put on a wrestling show, their backyard fed, put on a wrestling show at their high school, their senior year for, for a fundraiser for the prom. And I was like, man, I do probably had 50 people there. Dude, they had like five or 600 people at this thing. Yeah. And, That's incredible. and he's got, he had a tape, he had a VHS tape that we watched one time of it. And that like, when it, when I backyard wrestled, it was me, like three, three of my friends, one of them known as Tater. Uh, we all, uh, we would all get together and there would be no crowd. It'd be a backyard. There'd be no ring on, on the, on the ground, taking bumps on the ground, taking hurricane rondas on the ground. Uh, we graduated to a trampoline until the trampoline <laughs> broke. And then we used the circular frame of the trampoline as, as the ropes. And uh, yeah, we, we didn't have the funds or the uh, places like highspots.com that you could go and buy a ring for a couple of thousand dollars and do all this that's, stuff in your back. That's amazing. Uh, mad respect for taking ground bumps. You yeah. know, that's, I only, I will tell you, I did not getting, I did not get into the dumb stuff that I do today 
yeah. until full ring and all that stuff. And I got creative in the yard. I wasn't doing, I, I had one, I guess you could call it a death match, mm-hmm. but aside where oh. I got, I got shoot legitimately cheese, cheese grated in the forehead oh. and went to high school the next day. And my teacher goes, what the hell happened to you? And I was like, I mean, do I tell her I'm a backyard <laughs> wrestler? wrestler, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I got cheese grated and, uh, God. they all looked at me like I was insane. But aside from that, I had never done any of that stuff until obviously what you've seen now. Yeah. Until you, until you, you start stretching the bumps that you can take. It's like, Oh, this might, this might not be as bad. And then, I hear there's, and then <laughs> there's, there's, a bump. there's like a, I feel like, I feel like a hard bump has like a half life if you don't get hurt. So it's got, it doesn't have a full, it has a half life. So you hurt for a few days and then you forget what it felt like. So then I the next hear, time, yeah, I hear there's a bump card somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm still trying to find it. You're just, you're just getting your speed tickets <laughs> while you're young. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so you said you got cheese grade. I never got that crazy with it. I took, I took a lot of chair shots. We used to get the cookie sheets and just murder yeah. each other with, with those, a uh, few like makeshift kendo sticks that were actually like broom handles. But, uh, but yeah, no, never. We, I got, I think I hit some, one of my buddies with a truck one time. We did that. I love that. That's great. Yeah. And he took, he took the uh, movie roll off the, off the side of the hood. But, uh, but yeah, like I've, I've on the la- last week's podcast, I talked about how I have tapes and I need to figure out how to digitize these tapes so that I can, uh, present them to the world on my YouTube channel yes. of old backyard wrestling. Yes. So, so embarrassing. So, so embarrassing. No, but you know what? You look at that time and I mean, I don't really know where we're going to end up here, but you look at that time and that was the least drama the most fun time. Like oh, I, that's definitely. the way I look at no drama in backyard. Route. You just go out there with your friends, have a couple beers, eat, have, have good food and beat the shit out of each other. Exactly. Like, and then go and watch it back. And, and then, then, yeah, be like, Oh God, that was so cool. That time where I back body dropped you into the pool. Like, you definitely. Know? definitely. We, uh, yeah, we had so many memories from, from that time. Uh, but you, as everyone, as everyone that's been professional wrestling now does, like I think everybody has done professional, has done backyard wrestling, and you end up transitioning to wrestling. And I know you mentioned earlier that you did both for a limited time. Uh, how did you transition into professional wrestling? So I was just doing commentary. Basically, I met a guy. I don't. I, I was close with someone who, uh, who's in WWE, WCW, ECW, and TNA. His name is Big Vito. Everyone, yeah. people know who Big Vito. And and uh, he was like a mentor to me for a bit, and he moved to Pennsylvania. And so when he moved, he introduced me to a guy named, uh, uh, what's his work name? Dante Brown. And I met Dante, and he ran a show called Florida Underground Wrestling. Well, I started doing stuff there as just like a production assistant, moved on to ACW, did commentary, wanted Mm -hmm. to start managing. So I started managing. It was at this time that I was offered a job by the Tampa Bay Storm to be a football assistant. So I went and did that instead. Mm -hmm. Did that and then went to college. So then wrestling was completely out the window because I was coaching at my college at the time. I was an assistant position coach for Florida Atlantic University. Then when Lane Kiffin comes in and things kind of go to a mess, Mm -hmm. I decided to leave the program and pursue professional wrestling once again from a random message I got from Blanco Loco saying, hey, do you want to jump back in my car? And ever since that day, that was it. I started doing shows again. I started training again. I started doing the right, you know, good things and meeting right people. And Mm -hmm. that's really how I got back into it. 
So how long has it been since you made that decision to now? I have officially been wrestling since January of, I want to say January 5th of 2019 was that day that I made the decision. Gotcha. So it's, but I have been wrestling matches since 2018, but mm-hmm. don't watch any of those. Those aren't any good. Yeah. Uh, everything from 2019. So basically about a year and, and, and four months of really busting my ass. Gotcha. Yeah. The, now one thing that I've tried to, cause I've had, I've had an interesting journey in professional wrestling because I, when I wrestled a lot, uh, it, it obviously wasn't like it is now. It was in the 2005, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008-ish. Um, there wasn't as many independent companies. There wasn't as many opportunities out there. You had the the big three, which was obviously WWE, and then TNA came in after uh, WCW got bought out, and then the Ring of Honor. And you didn't have, nobody else was a bigger, like, and, like, I don't know if it was just me, but going overseas it was not even in the picture. It's like you have you have to be at that Chris Hero, Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles uh level to go overseas and wrestle. And uh but I like I never I never had the mindset that I wanted to do this for a living. Which which people which some people are like, why did you even do it? Because it was fun, because I loved wrestling when I was growing up. And that's why I never got as any better than I was. I was decent. I wasn't great. I wasn't like somebody that you put in the main event, I could get my ass kicked. That's my best quality. Uh, but like I wouldn't, I've always, I've tried to stay current. So I, when I manage like wrestlers in, in the positions I'm in now to understand their mindset of what they're wanting to do and where they're wanting to be in professional wrestling and what's their goals. What, what's the mindset of someone like this younger, this from your generation coming into professional wrestling with, with all the opportunities. And, and I mean, we did the road, when I was coming up that all that's the same, but, uh, like what is, what is a young, young person, the next, the newer generation of wrestlers mindsets when it comes to the steps that you need to take or how to get to where you want to be? I think it's, it's definitely different from when you were going, I would say typically, and I, I could be wrong. Cause these are things that I, I think I know, but I may not. So you may have to clarify Yeah. back in that time. Could you make a living on the Indies? Not really. I mean, so yeah, I mean, that would be, that would be the biggest, that would be the biggest to me is Mm -hmm. you don't have to be signed. We don't have to be signed to make a living. And I I mean, I'll be thoroughly honest with people. I was making a living before uh, I decided to do the MLW deal. And I'm so glad and fortunate for that, but I was making a living doing what I was doing. I was getting the notoriety and I don't know how, don't know why, but their people were seeing things in me enough to fly me places and, and, and pay me the full rate that I asked and, and really take care of me. Like I was, you know, mm-hmm. up at that level. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing though. A lot of people say that they can make a living that they, they don't need to be signed. You don't need to be signed, but it also does help. <laughs> it yeah, helps, uh, getting TV exposure. And, and that's one thing. And I'm not sitting here just trying to talk great about PWX to get, you know, keep my bookings together. But, uh, I I will like it's TV experience. It really is like you get to work cameras, you get to learn things. You have the referee who's, you know, constantly, you know, getting direction from you and getting direction from others. And it's, it's beneficial. And that's, 
that's definitely probably the biggest thing is you don't have to be signed and, and what, what's going viral. You know, that's, that's the big thing now is what's going viral. Yeah. And uh, I know I fell under that mindset when I did that spot in Seattle where I got thrown 10 feet through the air, through a door onto a wooden stage. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there going, cool, I got to get noticed. What's going to get me noticed. And that's what I came up with. And it, and it worked. Uh, what got Zane noticed at a yard show doing a six thirty over the top rope through a door. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's, I would say the biggest thing now is what's going to get me noticed, whether it's, it's content, whether it's cause you know, I, who's, who's in, Danhausen. Yeah. Nobody knew who Danhausen was when he was Donovan Danhausen, nobody. But then when he came up with this new gimmick, started putting out content left and right, mm-hmm. everybody and their mother knows who Danhausen is. Danhausen will be picked up by AEW soon, but he's, he's one that now everybody knows. So that, that to me is the big thing. So what's, what's viral at the time, what's hot at the time and that I can make a living and don't need the contract. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on the contract thing. Uh, it, I tell people when they come to me, usually when, when people come to me with career advice or, uh, like their next step, uh, uh, I, I try to advise them as well as I can. When they come to me with wrestling stuff, I'm like, nah, you need to go talk to somebody who does this, does this on a regular and tries to make a living doing it. But uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you that people don't need to be signed to, to be successful in professional wrestling. Uh, I think it all depends on where you're wanting to be and what you're wanting to do. I feel like uh, a lot of people, for, like I know, I know the Cody, the Cody situation came out good for him, and they're doing well. But uh, uh, you have to admire somebody who walks away from a six-figure contract maybe seven figure contract and, uh, and does his own thing just so he can have creative freedom. And I think there's a lot of things that come into play when, when you're talking about, uh, like creativity and your own creativity and your own brand. And that's part, that's part of the fun in it for me with this, with this podcast and, and me doing stuff on my own is having the ability to create your brand, having the ability to not have to go through a marketing team to get a t-shirt made having the ability to, uh, if you want to do a move or get new gear made, you can you just go out on a limb and do it and see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I agree hundred percent and congrats on the MLW thing. I know I've Thank told you. you that numerous times and, uh, of course, and I, and I like what they're doing. I, I didn't, it's just like, I mean, I didn't get it at first and I still parts of me from a business standpoint. I'm, I, I'm, I'm like court, man. I don't, I don't really get it, but if, if it's successful to you in your eyes, it's your baby. Then, uh, then have at it. I remember MLW when they used to do the war games with Carino and CW up in Philly. I think it's in Philly, Philly or Chicago. What I will but, say about MLW is just because I, I, I'll be on, I, I'm I'm open about it too. Like I've spoken to Court, I've spoken to MSL about it. I've spoken to wrestlers in the company. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it either. I, I, when I first started watching MLW, I was like, wow, this is just not what it was to me. It was, it was super talented guys not having great matches Yeah, and I didn't quite get it. But now all of us, now what's going on to me is it's a plat, it's a big platform for the, they're trying to build a platform for the young guys, guys like me. I know they just signed Logan Creed who, you know, Logan Creed's not super young, but I mean, Logan Creed is another guy that is, you know, trying to make it up the ranks too. Yeah. And they, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for dudes that aren't really afraid to just go out there and, and just kill it at this point. They're yeah. looking for what's, you know, what's hot at the time, which is great, but that's kind of what all the other companies look for too. You know, the people, 
you know, that's, yeah. Well, I think when, when I look at MLW, I don't want this to be a, let's, let's say what's wrong or what's right with MLW show, but I feel like that they're still in search of their identity. I feel like they've, when they first started, I mean, and this is no shot towards court or what he was trying to create or what he is still trying to create. I feel like they were trying to be very old school ring of honor esque to where you just have, just get the best indie talent, have the best matches and let people, like you said, create a platform where people would just go watch great matches. But I think he, I think he mixed a little bit in with that in with a little too much. I don't want to say too much character development, because that's not really because I'm really big on character development, but he, he there was no balance there. It was either some talent was all character with no wrestling skills, and then some were all wrestling skills with no character, and there was no there was no balance. And I feel like with with some of the talents that they've been pushing, and I know they've they've had a few out, like get pushed out, and they had the Sammy situation and this and that. But I feel like that they're getting their stride, they're hitting their stride. And they're they're finding their balance and finding their identity. And once they find their identity, like all their shows look amazing. Their production looks amazing. And I know that's what that's kind of what Court is is known for. That's what he's good at. And I know he's got a lot of good people. But uh, like, for instance, and once again, I don't want to harp on this. When they when they brought Tony Schiavone in, like, I get it, man. I get it. You want somebody with the name value calling your action that sounds that sounds like familiar to the ear. But you have the opportunity to create a new star in that sense, in that position, and somebody that can take advantage of that situation and, and help build your company and build their name at the same time. So just little things like that they've tried. And, I mean, they might have just been reaching for straws. They might have got a good deal. I'm a business guy. I'm in professional wrestling, and I know how business and wrestling works. If you get a deal on somebody and you can use them, then you're going to use them. But, yeah. But, I, I mean, all like best of luck to the MLW. I hope they do well. The more, I mean, I'm, I'm under the impression of, even with, P, with my hand in PWX and us trying to push PDX, PWX and grow and grow and grow, I want every company that, that wants to do good and does good business to be successful because that's just more places for the boys to work and people to make money. And uh, for yeah, I'm just I, I, one thing that always bothers me, and, and I think you and I, we've probably talked about, actually, we've talked about this on multiple occasions. I know we have because I think I've voiced it to you in person and over messenger and stuff. I can't stand promoters that talk negatively about other companies. Like I, I understand that you have, you know, we're all independent companies, mm-hmm. but at the end of the, and you guys, everyone's, t- it's like you're competing. I get it. But example, you, there's no reason for that because at the end of the day, we're all, we're all trying to be successful at the end of the day. All of us, there's no point. That's I've always pushed the whole working together thing. If there's a chance for someone like me from Florida to come up and work with a guy in Charlotte who then can also work with someone in Jersey. And then it just like, what's the point of, of, of getting pissed off at things when all of us could be growing as a whole, because now with this virus and all of that, people are freaking out that independent wrestling is going to be terrible when we come back. Yeah. That fans won't show up. So to me, no, I doubt that too, but there is that worry. So why not work together as a whole and make sure that none of that can happen? Definitely. And that's, and yeah, and that's like from a PWX standpoint, I know there's, uh, two two specific promotions that people think that we hate and, and talk junk about it's mainly two people that work for those promotions that we have issues with uh i for one will say like aml out of winston-salem I, I i adore everyone that works there i have no problem no ill will towards anybody that like is a wrestler there 
Uh, there's one person in management that I could care less about just because of uh, different interactions and uh, personal like situations that that I've had with them. Uh, but like Tracy, the owner, I'd love to death. He's one of the nicest, most classiest guys I've ever met in my life. But for some reason, the narrative is we all hate each other and we want each other to die and that we want them to fail. Uh, and I've, I've like recently I've put them over to the point of, I feel like I've, I've said I was openly critical, like critical with them about like, quit trying to be like us, quit trying to be like anybody, just fi- like find your identity. That's my big thing with professional wrestling companies. Once, once like, I think it was black label pro. Is that, that the, the one yeah. that does the church? Okay. So like black label pro, they started and they had an identity. They created that identity and they were one of the quickest, the fastest growing companies that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, then you take the, uh, what's the one that Billy Corgan was part of at first and then in Chicago and then kind of broke away. I don't even know if they're a promotion anymore for Since I can't remember that one, we'll go with, uh, uh, like freelance, like freelance, like showed up with their own identity and their underground feel and didn't try to be like anybody else that I'm aware of. They might've tried to be like somebody in that area, but then they, and they grew, they grew their identity very quickly. And the same thing for PWX, if we're talking about that in that realm, is we hurt when we were trying to be like Ring of Honor and we were trying to be like PWG. So we found like a, a good balance between the two with good production and then good wrestling and uh, kind of combined it. And once we created our own identity, is we that's when we got big and blew up. And I feel like now, and I'll say this in public because I've said it to Brian and everybody else that's on the team, that I think we're trying to refine our identity now. I think that we've gotten too too big, too fast, and we've relied too much on the norm, our norm, as opposed to reinventing and recreating ourselves. And I think that's where we are. But uh, but yeah, it's in uh, in that and that goes right into what we were talking about from a talent perspective. Is uh, you need to find your identity, find your brand. And then uh, as, as you've been doing and you found success, you need to stick with that and push it and push it and push it. It's weird with my thing is everyone. Cause I, you know, <laughs> I, when I first, first started, I had this idea. I was like, I'm going to be a demented character. Yeah. And then I was like, well, there's about 50 million of those. And then I was like, well, I'm going to be, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then it just hit me. Hmm. Well, one day a veteran wrestler commented on my post of me doing a handstand Mm -hmm. saying, God, that makes no sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? He is 100% right. You want to know why? I mean, it doesn't make sense for a dude who's 250 pounds at six, three doing handstands, but you want to know why it does make sense because I can do it. And and my my mindset on wrestling, that's a whole podcast. That's going to get, me heat everywhere oh, can get into it it's <laughs> fine we can be, we can be the I, missile that's fine i my my what's whole thing in wrestling what's your mindset on if, it, wrestling? if you had well, to pitch it believe, if it's a movie and you had to pitch it to me how would you pitch it to me right now nobody can say that something's not believable if i can do it for example people say it's not believable for a big guy to go up and do a coast to coast on someone who's like ray mysterio size why yeah why you know you know at the end of the day why are people kicking out of seven canadian destroyers i don't know but you know what you're still watching it you know why why do people why are people watching the firefly funhouse match you want to know why because that shit was cool yeah you know there are people oh this just terrible just ruining ruining wrestling you know how many times i've been told i was ruining wrestling (laughs) 
I, you know, I did a spot. It was one of my favorite things I've ever done. It was a fatal four way at a company called punk pro. One of my mm-hmm. favorite places to be me versus Aaron Epic chip day and Troy Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So everyone knows that chip throws really, really rough kicks and yeah. Aaron Epic beats the hell out of people. Well, I stood there and no sold eight of his kicks and eight of his chops told them to F themselves, put my arms behind my back and kept taking them and no selling them. I was told by all these prominent people that, Oh, I'm, I, I would make this kid sell. I would do that. I'd beat your ass. Like, you know, like yeah. it's entertainment, man. And the fans lost their effing minds. So yeah. that's, that's it's, my, yeah. It's, it's like, it's like saying you'd place this part in a movie that you've never seen. At PWX, did I need to do a coast to coast on Aaron Epic two and a half minutes into the match? No, but was it damn cool? And did the crowd pop? Hell yeah! And it's, it made it ended up making sense. And like, it's all about what what movie you're trying to present that day. So, like in my mind, every match is a movie. And uh, <clears throat> there's a guy named Brad Stutz that told me years ago. I never understood why I got wrestling the way I got it, why I understood it the way I understood it, or why I was good at certain areas of it. And uh, he, he pointed out to me that the reason that I'm decent at, at producing is because I have a film mind. So if you give me a situation or we come up with a situation, I can see the end product before it happens. So I can do my best to try to put people where they need to be to create that end product the closest to what my vision was of it. And... Uh, like with take with taking that into exception, the way my mind works when it comes to professional wrestling is every match is a movie. That movie can be presented as a kung fu movie. That movie can be presented as a Rocky versus the Russian in Rocky three or four or five, whatever, whichever one it is. <laughs> like you can you can go out there and just throw haymakers for five minutes. As in, like WrestleMania is a prime example of this. That's why I loved WrestleMania. You can go out there like Goldberg and uh, Strowman, and you can throw haymakers, and when one of them lands good, you pin them. Or you can go out there and have a Bruce Lee movie fight that everybody's going to go apeshit over, and it's going to get like viral views on, on social media. Your choice and the beauty of being a good professional wrestler and a professional professional wrestler that is, is destined to succeed is knowing – when the best time to give that movie is, is to know when, when in the card is the best time to give that type of movie, the type of movie that you're wanting to do. If, uh, if in the, in, in the context of the show, the right movie to give is to go out there and throw haymakers and no sale and, and do that, then <clears throat> you go do that. If it is to go out there and do a bunch of backflips and, uh, six thirties and moonsaults to the floor, then you go do that just a matter of it's it's matter of preference i gotta get my right and the one thing i've always liked about you know i've always i've always liked it about pwx you know i have it's one of the biggest things with pwx is the fact that i am able to one thing that people tell me all the time and it's i don't know i I, i'm it's it's been said by people that are in the group and people that are on the management side is that what I do is different. And that's, I've always strived to be different. You want I wrestle the way I enjoy watching wrestling. Zach, you remind me of Walter. You want to know why I remind you of Walter? Because I think Walter's stuff's really cool. And I love watching two dudes beat the hell out of each other. People have classified guys like Yaya as a big guy who's trying to do a lot of flips and high flat. Me and Yaya didn't do any of that. 
we beat the living hell out of each other in a match that people are still talking about. We, me and Alan Angels, people know Alan Angels is a guy that likes to do the, you know, the flips with a couple things mixed in. We just beat the hell out of each other. And that's, that's the way I like doing things. And people say it's always different. And without a cause in Seattle, I wrestled Daniel Maccabe in two matches that were just brutal, beat the hell out of each other, 20-minute matches. And then the third time I was there, I did a scramble and flipped through a door. It's, it's to me, I've always just strived to be different. But what I've always tried to do is be myself. You know, character development, there are dudes that have characters. But you know what? Effie and real and his non-Effie Effie way is still kind of Effie. Me in my, you know, you can call me the blue chip beast. You can call me the symphony of destruction, but at the end of the day, that's just me. I'm just going to kick your ass when I'm in a wrestling ring. And when I'm not, I'm going to do beer reviews and talk shit about political figures, you know? And you know, that's, that's just the way I like to do it. And I love the way it's all about, like you said, it's like a creative, the creative freedom. Mm -hmm. My biggest promo that I've ever done that has gotten the most views out of anything was me in a Disney shirt. And athletic shorts with my feet kicked up on my desk, chewing gum, talking about the 10 people I want to wrestle when this thing's over. Yeah. Like, does Blue Chip Beast say Disney? No, but Disney says me. And that's exactly. that's just the way I look at it. And that's, that's yeah. But yeah, I'm, I don't I'm even gl- know. I'm glad you mentioned the Walter thing because I remember I remember people comparing you to Walter when I first brought you in. And <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I get it. He, it. Because he stands like him and he's built like him. But what, like, that'll get you noticed because there's only one Walter. I mean, I've been in wrestling for a long time, and, I, and I've met Walter. He's an awesome dude. <clears throat> but there's only one of him. Like, there's only one guy that I know of that's that big. They can throw that kind of chop. They can do all, everything that he does. So why, why, how stupid would it be for you not to take advantage of your look and look like somebody who the world is talking about and then – on like being on your side, uh, throw these different like cartwheels or handstands or dives and stuff like that in there. That's stuff Walter can't do and won't do. I took it as a compliment. Yeah. People coming up to me and going, God, you just, you remind me of this guy who's currently the NXT UK champion. Like that's a big deal. Yeah. But the one thing that I love and it just, it, it gave me goosebumps when people said it to me is, at WXW Germany, when I got to be a part of that company, it oh, was yeah. one of the best experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. Not one single Good person people. goes, God, you, you remind me of Walter. No fan said that they was, it yeah. was, you remind me of yourself. And that was really freaking cool. Cause I chopped the living hell out of Oliver Carter. Mm-hmm. I did big boots to Oliver Carter. I slammed Oliver Carter, but you know what? It was the different things. Again, Walter's not doing handstands. Walter's not flipping from the top rope to a concrete stage. That was stupid, but I yeah. did it. It's me. <laughs> you know, it's just to me and the funny story. And I, I think, I don't know if I've ever told this story to you, but people, the big thing was, Oh, you stand like Walter. You put your arms behind your back. Someone told me you've got to stop that. Someone who's in PWX was like, you need to stop that. <laughs> why have I not, why have I not stopped that to this day? Time to spoil it for everybody. I stand like that and have stood like that when I focus since I was a kid, yeah. watch me coach, watch me coach football. Since I was 16 years old, watch me on a sideline this year when I'm coaching at Coral Springs high school. My arms are behind my back when I'm calling plays. My arms are behind my back when I focus. And it's just, it's always been that way. I'm nervous as hell. 
I hate being in front of cameras. I hate talking to people. No one gets that. This is, it's the, it's just the life that I have to live, you know? Walking down an entrance ramp scares the hell out of me, especially a PWX legend. When I was a part of a battle royal, there's Jushin Thunder Liger. There's Jushin Liger in the back watching me now. Like, I remember going for this battle royal and Jushin Liger and Rocky are standing there at the monitors like that. That, mm. yeah. And I walk out there and I, I'm like arms behind my back and I'm freaking out because all those people are like, they're all staring at you and it just, yeah. it freaks me out, you know? And so that's why I do it. So no, I did not do it to copy Walter, but the fact that it reminds you of Walter and that helped me get noticed. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, man, you did. You're, you're definitely your own, your own thing, your own character. The, uh, speaking of WXW, I want to talk to you about that because I love, like I've had limited interaction with Christian and like David stars, the one that introduced me to him. And, uh, like they seem like such a class crew, man. And like, I wanted to get in. I don't know if you can get in. I don't, I think that I know they have involvement with WWE, but I know, I just want to get your, like, this is, yeah, I know you've been to England before. First time to Germany, right? Yes. So give me, give me like a quick like kind of like a audio vlog of what it was like to fly there, get off, go to the, this, this famous like arena that they have. And they have like the ridiculous video wall set up for their, for their uh, tournament and all that. Yeah. Just give me a recap of, of what all that was like. It was a dream come true, man. I, so people don't know this. I'm a Holocaust historian. That's what I study. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I got to go to Germany, to wrestle my other passion and get off a plane and get with, you know, these bookers who everybody knows, you know, everybody knows toss and everybody knows Christian and everyone knows absolute Andy and be able to ride in a car with these guys and get to a venue at 11 AM when the show doesn't start till seven. And me and Ela Dragunov are setting up the camera equipment and seeing guys who are signed to NXT and as big of a names as Dragonov and Oliver Carter and people like that st- setting up things yeah. and tear down that it just, it's to me, it was incredible because everyone's a team there, no matter who you are, mm-hmm. people like Dragonov help get, they got their start there and they owe it to them. To me, as weird as it sounds. And I know, I know court knows this MLW was my, or um, excuse me, WXW was my biggest goal. Yeah, I, I I swear on my life before I wanted to be signed, even when I was signed, WXW is my biggest goal. Mm-hmm. So being a part of a product like that and doing backstage interviews and going out there in front of that crowd who had no idea who I was, except for the little bit of hype that they gave me and the react the way they did and to buy my merch like they did and to tweet so much to have me asked back and to the end of the night being brought back to my hotel and saying, we're going to consider you for Tampa for sure. And let's have a beer that one of the nights out there and let's really talk about having you more. What just blew my freaking mind. And that to me, that was one of the best times I've ever had in wrestling was being a part of that company. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I, like when I saw that, I remember when you, when you text me and told me that you had gotten picked up by WXW and you're going to work the show there. Like I knew it. I, I had talked to Star a lot about it because me and Star are, are pretty good friends, and uh, and he had told me a lot about it. And then like I talked to Walter about it, and then we had to work with them whenever we had Walter and Star facing each other uh, at PWX. But uh, I want to kind of shift gears here because we got about fifteen minutes left, and talk about your your more creative side because you put out some hilarious videos, 
And if you don't like, if you don't follow Zach on Facebook, I encourage everybody to follow Zach on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. Well, I'll let him shout all that stuff out at the end. But, uh, but yeah, like what now did you like, did you, are you just learning the video editing piece on the fly or did you something you had in your back pocket that you decided you want to pull out? That had it in my back pocket, had it in my back pocket. I did four years of TV production and video production in high school and was the lead anchor on that morning show thing and all that. Never told anybody, always hit it. Next thing you know, I'm pumping out highlight tapes of myself and yeah. everyone's going, my God, what? these are so great. And I'm like, and they're like, can I pay you to do one? I've done probably 15, 20 different highlight tapes for people. Yeah. And after that, it was, I was my, my roommate right down the, outside that door and to the left is a professional videographer and he and I always tell we're like man Zach there's no wrestling you need to put out content and Mm -hmm. I was like you're damn right I need to put out content so now it's this actually makes sense the the talk show yeah what a what a mess and I watched the first episode on my way back oh wait till you wait till you see this episode that drops tomorrow that's even worse okay um but yeah, it's uh, one of those things where I've kept it in my back pocket. And again, it's one of those things where during a time like this, where everyone's having a hard time making money and a hard time and having to sit at home and go nowhere, it gives you five minutes a day to laugh. And yeah. that's, that's what the podcast that I do is about. That's what the talk show is about. It's just, it's giving people the time to escape from the, the, the crap in the world and just laugh for five minutes. Definitely. And that, and that's why I do it. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I, I, I could tell from the first, like the last couple of videos you put out, like th- that you had somebody who knew what they were doing. Yeah. He, like, he and I like lighting I, and filming and everything. Well, the funny thing is, is he and I direct each other's stuff. I, uh, I help direct his video yeah. and then he's helping direct mine. And the cool thing was, is having someone, he's like, yeah, that was a, that's a great directing point. And I was like, me, I did something <laughs> cool. Cool. But, yeah. uh, that's, that's just it, man. It's, and of course, beer reviews, I do that because I love alcohol. And I'm pretty sure every time we talk, it's, hey, man, next time I'm up there for PWX, let's please drink. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, I uh, was, man, I was a beer. I don't really drink beer anymore ever since my kid was born. But I'm yeah. not saying I won't. I just don't. Right. I drink wine. I don't when either. I have to. But I, uh, yeah. Me and me. Oh, God. Yeah. Honestly, I can't do liquor. Me, me and JD Drake and a couple other of the boys after a show one time went out to a bar where we almost beat the hell out of this guy that was yelling at the bartender. That's a whole nother story. Ah. But, uh, but JD Drake knows very well that I hate beer. And, uh, this man, he's like, brother, you, yeah, you, you proved something to me tonight. You reminded me of me. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Drake, here's a beer. Drake said that. Uh, yeah. And uh. I was like, oh, God, I hate cores. Like, shit. <laughs> three down later. I'm like, Oh God, this is terrible. And then he walked away. I was like, please give me some vodka or something. Yeah. <laughs> whenever, but, uh, yeah, whenever me and Drake are with each other, we're testing out each other's IPAs. That's how oh yeah, man. I, but yeah, I, I, did, I did a lot of work in breweries for a, like the last three or four years. Yeah. And so I just, I met people in breweries and I just taste beers and I got a thing for IPAs and double IPAs and triple IPAs. But you and I, you and I do the podcast for the same reason. That's really cool. Cause on my pod, you know, it's not associated with anything. It's my podcast. I yeah. do what I want. I say what I want. If I have a guest on, for example, Logan Creed just had Logan on. He's yeah. going to be on this one that comes up Friday. Nice. Do you think Logan Creed talked about his wrestling career? No. Logan Creed talked about the time he drunkenly got lost in Atlanta and <laughs> didn't know how he got there and ended up, I think, peeing in a girl's shower. I feel like, like, I feel like I've heard a little bit of that story. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. But the thing is, is like, I don't, you know, it's just, I don't, I want to get people out of their shell too. I want to have fun, you know, definitely in a business. That's yeah. That's what it's all about. That's in like, I have, I have a pot that my last podcast episode just dropped. If nobody's seen, you can check it out on Tuesdayspecial.com. 
but uh, I, I, I explained, I've explained it numerous times on this podcast is like uh, the number one reason is to give people an outlet to listen and just have, have a good conversation or listen to a good conversation for an hour. Uh, second is like, I've done, I've worked so hard for so long for other people that I've never done anything for myself. And like, I've taken that next step through this, like in that, I don't want to get into all that, but through, you might can relate, but through all of this, like free time that we've had and this time to reflect, you figure out what's, what's important to you and what do you want to do? And I, and I was thinking like, I have all these skills that I don't utilize. I just utilize for one thing that I could utilize for myself. And that's kind of where I am. That's why I'm going to start like just pumping out content as much as possible. And then we got the wrestling up and forum starting on the high spots wrestling network uh, in two weeks on May 2nd. But yeah, and it's just, that's, that's, it, it, it allows me to free my creative juices uh, and my creativity as in like wrestling has always done that, but now it's getting to a point where that's become a job as opposed to a hobby and just something fun to do. I mean, it's still fun to do, but when you, when you have to put out 12 match graphics in, in two days, and then you have to do a poster, two posters every, every month, you have to do commercials, you have to entrance videos to get ready, have to promote, have to book, have to this, that next thing you know, you're spending another 40 hours a week doing professional wrestling stuff, which some people don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Some people would love, but when you, when you've done it for six or seven years, it starts weighing on you It starts beating you up. And Which yeah. I appreciate you leaving my five minutes of entrances in my entrance video of just <laughs> me walking out. I appreciate that. That's yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you got a new one. I haven't sent you your new one. Hey, yeah. Have a, did I send it I you? do have a brand new one. No. Uh, oh no, I oh, haven't seen it. No, no, you have. Okay. Yeah. You have a new one that you were going to, yeah, I'll send it to you. Cause I think well, you asked me for the last one when I remixed your music. And I never said what, what I will say, and it'll be, you know, I know you have to wrap up, but I will say this and it'll probably give you and Brian and everyone else a good peace of mind with the MLW stuff. And with my, so here's the thing, everyone's saying, well, cause I, I just got a job. I'm a coach. I'm a football coach at a high school. Yeah. And I also the head strength coach at the high school. And I'm going to end up heading the nutrition and wellness program for the entire athletic department. Nice. And on top of that, I'm going to teach. Well, guess what? With this virus, all of that's on hold. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> both forms of income are dead. Um, but what I will say is because of the MLW thing and because of the football season and the new job, I'm going to be limiting my indie bookings. Yeah. PWX is one that I will be at every single time that you guys need me. And I say that, and I say that to people and every Saturday that I'm needed for a PWX show, the fan, you guys will be able to see me. And that's, it's because of the way, again, and I'm not trying to like blow smoke up people's ass, but it, it's the way you've been, it's the way I've been treated. It's the way I've been taken care of. It's the way of every time I've changed things or have asked for things, it's been taken care of in the best way possible. And that's, you know, you got to take advantage of things like that. And yeah, that's our, I mean, that's but, our goal. And it's yeah. like, naturally some people, like most people know have bad feelings towards me and Brian or, or anybody that's in the management, but that's just the nature of the beast, man. Like it, it can't go perfect for every, everybody involved. Yep. It, it, some, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. And uh, when we, when we accept the positions that we accept, when Brian accept bought in, bought the company and accepted ownership. And when he promoted me to my position and the people that we have booking, like we we took that position knowing we have to make some hard decisions and then yep. that pisses some people off. And I mean, that's why anybody that says tr that talks trash about me, I, I don't really care because then I know there's not, not the fact that there's two sides of the story, but there's like, there's more, there's more meat to that bone than, yep. than, than their 
presenting. Yep. And any and I've and I've made a op- like I've put it out openly. If anybody has an issue with me and what needs to talk to me, I'm I'm open. Like I have an open door policy. You can call me. You can text me. I'll get back to you when I can. I'm not going to push you off. And and I'll and I'll speak freely to you because that's my that's my responsibility yep. to to the wrestlers and to people that work with me is that I need to be upfront with you so not only you can get better but you understand the situation and I'm yep. not just running you around in circles. Yeah. But yeah, man, I appreciate that. We love having you. And I, and me personally, uh, I like you're a f- fucking awesome dude, and uh, I've enjoyed getting to know you, and I enjoy. You're so young that I that I I'm gonna enjoy seeing your career progress. We're getting late. I appreciate that, man. It's just it's so much fun. You know, like I said, it's 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 the fact that you guys have given me the chance to hey go be you, go do Mm -hmm. you, and the fans have reacted the way they have and have taken care of me and and you guys are you know that's it means the world. So that's you guys will always get the chance to see me when I'm there and I'll be there as often as I as 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 needed. It's gonna it's gonna be a new prerequisite for this podcast that at the uh, end of it you need to kiss my ass for at least five minutes. <laughs> that way I feel good better about myself whenever I get off here. But nah, man. But yeah, just give give the people a shout out where they can find you, and we'll wrap this bad boy up. You guys can follow me on Twitter at I am Zach Cooper. If you're easily offended, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I tweet whatever I want and don't really have a filter. So follow me at I am Zach Cooper. Same thing with Instagram. Check out my podcast. It drops every Friday on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. It is This Makes No Sense with Zach Cooper and comedian Luke Barron. And now it's going to be weird plugging this now. Now I have a talk show uh, produced directly written everything by me except we're giving andrew the 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 technical equipment credit and uh that is going to be dropped on youtube this actually makes sense the talk show is mondays and wednesdays dropped at 6 a.m eastern so you guys can get that for your early morning enjoyment it's better than kelly it's better than kelly and ryan or kelly and michael or whoever the hell there's doing it now so yeah whoever she's married to on tv now (laughs) (laughs) all right but i appreciate it man appreciate you man thank you take care bud Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Special Podcast. Find all of our old episodes at TuesdaySpecials.com. That's TuesdaySpecial.com. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. All right. Thank you. Yeah.